for conning in progress. I, li- I like how you've named it a take on the note taking. It's interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, a take on note taking because it's funny and it's punny and why not? That, that, that is a good point. That's a good point. So note taking, we're going to talk Notion, Obsidian, probably insert some other applications in there, but general note taking for, I would say like academics in my side, I say academics, learning. So internet academic is a term I like to use, just learning in general. And then your note taking, I'm assuming is going to be course and business related. Yeah. Sounds like fun. And and just note taking in general, because note taking is fun. But not as oh, much as note making. That is true. And actually I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now right at the start. The difference between note taking and note making is actually massive, which is why I made that distinction in the video that I put out, because note taking is so easy and so many people can do it, but actually making something from the notes, that's not easy. That takes a lot of effort and a lot of like brain power. Uh, which is normally the, the part of note-taking and knowledge management that people just don't do for whatever reason. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I think no, mate, I think that is what made my shift from Notion to Obsidian was moving into note-making instead of note-taking. Whereas in Notion, it was just, I'm storing these ideas to look at later, to think about later, if I have a moment of quiet where I can just look at stuff. But now that I'm moving more into note making of actually going, huh, cool. I really want to do some research. My videos are like twice a month. I'm releasing them now. So I have way more time to like think about the videos and like put stuff together. So I'm like, yeah, I, I would rather turn my notes into something. Then, of course, I'm diving into academic stuff, well, you know, Internet academic, which I quite like um, with all of my work as well. And I'm just like. It's I I cannot just dump an entire like <laughs> research paper into Notion and think that I'm done because most people, especially business people, couldn't give a flying fuck what the research says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it's funny, I was listening to a conversation. I cannot remember who it was. Uh, I could check an Obsidian, but I'm not going to. Uh, but they were they were talking about. Uh, academics and sort of like research and essentially academics love looking at the the methods are oh, it was um stronger by science greg knuckles um and he was talking about how academic research and and papers are actually really really short um when you look at what actually needs to be included dissertations are probably the gold standard but no one's going to read a 100 or 200 page <laughs> article piece on something going through all the methods etc so academic papers and articles are short for academics but for every other person on the planet is too long <laughs> and they just want the, the cliff notes in the summary conclusion so it, it was just funny how he was saying okay these things that are supposedly too long are actually too short <laughs> for for the academics uh which I think it just shows how like the, the videos and the sharing of information is very tippy tricky. Uh, it's sort of like, here is the summary without any nuance, which is obviously useful, but leaving out that nuance suddenly opens up uh, misunderstanding, misconceptions and myths, which is where uh, some people are trying to push that a little bit and something just as a, an immediate thing in my head at the moment, sleep deprivation. Everyone says sleep deprivation is bad. It's awful, blah, blah, blah. And it is, but, <laughs> but sleep deprivation actually helps people with depression. 
and and that massive nuance was completely left out of the most popular book from Matthew Walker. It's left out in almost every video that I have seen on YouTube about sleep because everyone has referenced the same source. And I'm like, sleep debt, yeah, it's bad for most people, but for some people, it's actually good. And leaving out that nuance is a little bit irritating. And and also like nuance is very much it, it's context and nuance, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like making sure you have the right context of where things are created. And often when you just quote books or quote thoughts it's like a moment in time and no one questions those thoughts very few very few people question those thoughts which is where it gets a bit like preaching to the choir a little bit like this is the way to work but what if it's not like what if what if it's not the way i want to work which is kind of where i go off on one all over again around that it's like context is more important than people give it credit for and that's almost always lost in videos because the way that we're taught to do youtube videos is short sharp punchy just give the overview and that's about it and i'm seeing kind of like in the business world a rise of of live streaming like instead of recording proper proper videos people just live stream because then it's raw, it's genuine authenticity. We're told to be authentic, but not be authentic. It's a highly edited video. And there's been a rise of people going, I'm not going to record normal videos. I'm going to go live, talk about a topic, and then I'm going to cut, cut it down afterwards. Because YouTube can allow you to do that. You can just cut the edit afterwards and then create the video afterwards. Will it do as well? Probably not. However... It is more, you know, it's more of, there's more nuance in the conversation then. I think when when you're doing something live, it also shows what you do and don't know because you can't suddenly go back to your your script or your notes <laughs> or or whatever the reference is. You can't go back to it. You either know it or you don't know it. And that is where like the Feynman technique, Einstein, uh, and all of the individuals in academics and in knowledge management, just in general, I say knowledge management just for learning intelligence because there's so many different words out there. But if you can teach it, if you can teach it simply to someone you obviously understand the topic well enough and then if you can explain that topic to varying uh, levels of explanations so the uh, i think it's wired the youtube channel maybe it's jubilee that does the the five five it's stages of, yeah yeah five t- stages of exploration that person that's doing that explanation understands the topic because they're having a, a conversation like a, a life conversation they're not referring to notes with all these different levels of, of, uh, of understanding and they can explain it to all five different depths, which means they need to understand what's going on at a, at a complex level to be able to explain it in simple terms, but also understand it in the complex terms enough so that someone else also in the same mindset understands what they're talking about. So they understand the jargon and the lingo and how to get rid of that and explain it to someone else. And doing that live proves that you know what you're talking about if you're doing it recorded all that proves is you can read off a script and i'm gonna i'm not gonna call out some people but there are some people in the fitness world that have tried copying people that do know what they're talking about by writing scripts and they have made small errors because they've referenced something wrong or they've said something that isn't quite right or they've changed the sentences just slightly so it's just completely incorrect uh because they don't know what right is but they've tried to sort of create this facade that they do know um and it's very easy in structured videos and scripted videos to make make this illusion that you actually know what you're talking about when potentially you don't 
yeah it's, it's really fascinating and and i think it's where you, you really do figure out how much you do know it's really really and it's really valuable from a point of like you can't know everything no matter how good you are no matter how much you research no matter what tool you use you'll never know everything and it's a really good like litmus test of like hey how much do i actually know about this topic it was really fun because i did i did a live stream video around principles of gestalt um and there was so much that i was able to share but it wasn't quite right so i needed to 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 figure out how to explain it better which led me back into researching more which means if and when i do it again which oh my god i'm gonna so do it again um like i will be able to explain things in better ways that is far more valuable to people instead of just word vomiting all the time. And we just yeah, yeah. word vomit in here. <laughs> so when it, when it comes to making a video, for me anyway, I make a video, but I already know a lot around the topic. It's the typically when I'm making a video on something that is uh, in research more, more often than not, uh, it's, it's not the general idea, the highlights, the, the summaries, the conclusions. They're, they're fairly obvious and easy to, to get because they're said so many times in videos. If you look at sleep, get seven to nine hours of sleep. Everyone knows that. It's, it's just common knowledge now, I think. Um, but why is it seven to nine hours sleep? What are the differences uh, and then how do you measure that? Well, you measure it using an aura ring. Well, why does an aura ring work? Why doesn't electrodes work? And you then start going in and asking those questions. And when you do start asking those questions, some of the summaries people have given, they're just assumptions of, oh, I think it works like this. I've seen some people say that the aura ring works on temperature alone. No. <laughs> um, but and, and it's because they've made the assumption and no one's questioned them. You I look in the comments section and no one has questioned it and aura ring just as a, a kind of a side tangent when when you when you put in uh, on youtube how does an aura ring work i haven't found a video that actually explains how it works uh, it's just loads of people giving reviews and i'm like you're giving reviews on a tool that measures sleep but either you don't know how it works or you do know how it works but you haven't explained it so how do you know whether it's true or not? And then that comes back to science, note-taking. Are you just taking notes on something? We're actually learning something from it and making something from it for a benefit because giving a review on a, on a tech tool is great. Understanding the science behind it is different. Yeah, and especially with tools like that, it's just like, yeah, this is good. You should buy it. Why? Exactly. Exactly. Why? <laughs> Especially with a ring that's, what is it, like £300, something like that? It's really expensive. It's quite expensive for a tiny band. It's... And, I mean, it gives you information, but is the information even useful? And this is something that I think with the, the note-taking, uh, when, when I'm note-taking, I will take the note, but then I will then ask myself questions. And this comes, comes into learning just in general, but when you ask yourself questions about, okay, I've taken the note. I'm now going to ask myself a question about, is this useful? Is Why is this useful? Why isn't this useful? And then expanding from there. So with the using the aura ring as the example, because that's what we were talking about. Okay, those numbers are great. Why are those numbers useful? Can I get those numbers or that feeling or that information another way if I can? Is that more beneficial? If it is, then I don't have to spend this 300 pounds uh, on a ring. I can just ask myself a couple of questions in the morning. <laughs> and is, not just that, but, cheaper. but and things like an Apple Watch can do most of that and it's nowhere near as much and it has more functions than just a ring. 
as well like so your apple watch can do the vast majority of things i mean even before i had an apple watch i just put my phone underneath my bed uh, my pillow and it could track my movements enough to be i didn't need i don't need the specifics mm. i just need to generally know how i've slept and that mm-hmm. doesn't need an aura ring or a ring to do that i just need to know approximately how many hours have i slept is it oh, yeah. seven? okay cool then i need to take it easy and something else i'm going to go on a little bit of a sleep tangent here something else that i found quite interesting is that when you look at sleep quality if you actually forget about sleep quality for a second and look at when your when your body temperature changes so the lowest time of your body temperature is about two hours before you wake up and four to six hours after that is your highest level of body temperature like when it's when it's ramping up and at that point in the day is actually typically according to research your most effective time so if you if you get rid of the sleep quality the sleep amount or whatever you just look at the temperature your body temperature when you're asleep then look two hours before you wake up add four to six hours in the work in that time slot you may actually be more beneficial now do you need an aura ring no do you need a, a watch no do you need to measure anything no all you need to do is just when did i wake up add four to six hours that's when i'm going to work uh but if you don't go into the research, you don't find this stuff. And I haven't seen a video talking about that. I, I heard that on uh, on a podcast from Andrew Huberman. And it was a, like an hour 50 something into it. It was like a three hour podcast. <laughs> so unless you're going to dive deep into that and actually like, no, oh, actually, that's a good point. And then go research it. You wouldn't know any of this. And these are the small things in science that are overlooked because people don't read the research because it's a lot of effort. Um, but they're also not summarized in videos because the people making the videos are summarizing the summaries <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of like this summarize summarize over some it, it is, it's moving into the place where everything is summarized too much and i think and it takes risk. away the i was gonna say i think it takes away the note making elements of mm. uh of the of the tools because when when i look at notion and how people note take on notion it's very much a summary note if that makes sense there's, there's not much exploration there's no or there's limited questions or points of exploration after having taken the note it's like like you were saying you, i'm not saying notion is bad for note making i'm just saying that lots of people that i've seen taking notes typically students on notion have a note they make a note in notion from the lecture from the video whatever and it's just that's it done finished you know no that, that, that's that's step one <laughs> Yeah, you're at the tip of the iceberg. Dive deeper because it's fun. The, yeah, and 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 I think that's where for me Notion started to fall apart. It was I tried to hack it so I could link multiple notes together. Relations weren't working enough because it meant I had to relate stuff, which means I had to think about it. Which means when I have to think about it, it 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 just becomes too much of a cognitive load, and I cannot be asked. Interesting, you say cognitive load. Um, this hasn't been confirmed and that I'm still working on this, but I'm potentially doing my PhD around cognitive load theory. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm currently having a look into cognitive load theory and how that affects loads of different things, mainly in sport performance and action potentials uh, when it comes to doing different tasks, physical tasks. Uh, but yeah, so you said cognitive load theory. I was like, mm, oh, uh, but yeah, something Something about the note-taking, though, I'll just have a quick look at the notes. With Notion, sharing notes publicly, it's very easy. 
but I think it depends how you want to share the notes. And this kind of like tackles beautifully. Well done. Beautiful segue there. Like I think public notes versus private notes are very different. Yes. Like, and, and that is, so. I mean, I know you're experiencing that right now with people asking you to share your obsidian. And, and I literally said, I'm never going to, sh- I'm not going to share my stuff. Like if they want to hear what I have to think about, like if they want to see the synthesis of my work, then they can listen to an episode of a podcast or they can listen to one of my videos. That is my make. That is what they get because that's when I finish the making the creation, the turning it into something new because I, the, when I write notes, they're for me, they're for me to just process out loud that, that it's like writing an, a physical note. I do that digitally for me. It's like, it's me just actively thinking about my work. And then I turn that into something else, which means then I connect together to create my content. Like my content is my public note. That that's all I don't know whether that will ever change. Maybe come back to me in a few years and ask the same question. But for me, notes are private until they are ready to share as a piece of trans, yeah, transformed into content. Yeah, and I don't think it needs to change. Something that I have in my system uh, written in my working notes is notes are summarized in projects and it's the summarized projects that you typically share uh, mm. because that's that's the, the synthesized opinion, the formulated opinion that you've created around whatever it is that you're talking about. And I tweeted 37 minutes ago now, your notes will be organized for you, but not for others. If they think it is messy, it's because they don't understand it yet. And then I also added on to that. However, when sharing notes publicly, having a clear place to start makes total sense. And I say that because when I I was saying this to uh, John just before we started this, when I'm looking at my notes, I can go into the quick switcher. I know what notes I've taken. It's part of my active recall. It's part of my own learning to then go through my notes and learn how, how I've taken what I've taken. And because all of my notes are very short, I can just look at the name of the note and go, oh, what was in that? And I can question myself from that, from that. But most people won't have, won't have learned, researched, consumed the same information as me. So if they were to go into my space, they would have nowhere to start, no idea what to push, where to go. Uh, so when you are sharing things publicly, this is something I've experienced as well, looking at other people's work and you meant to stack all the Obsidian published pages because I've looked at them all. Uh, the, the first page is... It's very much a here's an about about me thing, uh, and they give you one one or two topics to dive into. But you end up cycling through the same notes like over and over. And you're like, where is the rest of this? I'm 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 confused. And you have to go into related links and you have to try and navigate your way through. There's not really a here is a book <laughs> and here's some contextual information. And this is something Andy wrote about in an article that I read yesterday. I say I read yesterday. I listened to it. It was a 45 minute listen at two and a half speed. So if I had read that, that would have been like a two hour read. <laughs> so I was like, nope. Um, but he called them executable books. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And he expanded on his idea around contextual reading. And there's loads of information there. It's all in my notes, <laughs> in my obsidian. But essentially, when you share information, if you share information with context, so you just have a, a linked page, like Wikipedia, basically, you have a linked page to give context if someone wants it, that's useful. But they still need to understand where that, that note itself is contextually in the entire, <laughs> entire world of things. So what he was saying was we should have executable books, i.e. a book that you can just read through. But if you want to understand some context about 
what does that word mean or what does that look like or what happens if I change this or change that? You can either have diagrams, videos, images, or just other pages that allow you to go explore. And it's a way of self-exploring ex different things. And he was using flashcards in there as well. So potentially reading through, this is his software that he's looking to develop, reading through an essay, the different sections of the essay becoming a flashcard. So once you've read it, you then it then asks you, oh, do you remember what was said after this? Uh, and trying to incorporate those things together, which I thought was quite interesting. I can see you uh, viciously searching around. <laughs> I, I, I've just put it into my um, to my obsidian to look up later. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> look at this next. So yeah, I'm just like, ooh, yes. I, I can. I can send you over the link to the article because it's a public yeah. article. Um, <laughs> and we could probably put it in the show notes as well if, if people do want to have a read. But it's a, it, like I say, it, it took me, it was 42 minutes and 40, uh, 42 minutes and 45 seconds on Speechify. And that's two and a half times speed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I listened to all of it in one go because I have an hour. I block myself an hour to read articles in the afternoon slash evening. So basically after dinner, I give myself an hour to read stuff. Most of the time, it's only like a 20 minute read. I'll read like one, maybe two articles or a blog post or something. Uh, but that one, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to use the whole hour for this. <laughs> I took all the notes, made the notes. Um, and as I'm sure you can imagine, I got some more articles to read from there. <laughs> oh, always. So executable note, yeah, I'll put that in the things that we remember to put it in the show notes because I'll forget. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when it when it comes to like rounding all of that up, when sharing notes publicly, the person that's coming in needs to understand where where are we going, what are we doing, and going back to the exploration uh, and sharing information. If you're using jargon and lingo for people that don't know what you're talking about, they'll get lost and they won't understand, and that's why textbooks suck. <laughs> Yeah. I hate textbooks. Yeah. So yeah. I'm experiencing that now. So I'm doing kind of a deep dive into Gestalt, uh, principles of Gestalt, where there is something called the flow of continuous experience, which is basically we come in, and once again, all of that was jargon, which I have to translate. And it's like, it's that between withdrawal and contact. So like you're waiting to do something. So like you're about to open a door into a party. You don't know what's possible. You don't know what you're going to see when you go in there. But when you go in there, you open the door and you start seeing things. And that's when you connect and you contact with someone and then you withdraw again. It's like you look at something and then you withdraw back again. And um, inside of this concept is that you can, the whole point of uh, what you do in a gestalt, which is like a cycle, everybody continually works through these cycles. We move from flow to flow. To do that, you need to be able to withdraw and you need to be able to, con to meet, get contact. But there are disruptions that can happen and they are beautifully, like they are the most wordy words in, in the world and I love them. You've got like retroflexion, confluence, and it's just like, all oh, these are delicious little words that- mean, Woody words. They're, they're woody words um, that I love. But when I'm actually talking to people about it, I need to actually go, okay, what does that actually mean? And it's really important to capture that, like what that actually means and being able to explain that in a way that is not just a woody word because the word sounds nice because frankly, they do sound incredibly nice. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so when it, when it comes to that, that thing, I, I've got a note on that. Uh, it's <laughs> explaining in plain language. 
so yeah. when when it comes to like jing, uh, jingo jargon and lingo jingo there we go i love that i love that jargon and lingo jingo i completely messed that up but yeah jingo when we're talking about jingo um <laughs> jingo i love it I love oh, yeah so do I. I wish it was an actual word maybe it is we'll have to google that um <laughs> but yeah when, when talking about that sort of stuff um I try to relate whatever the jargon lingo is to something else I already know again using a memory technique so uh basically mo- most of the theory around gestalt like cycles uh relates heavily with periodization and how periodization and over overtraining training uh functional overreaching all that sort of stuff uh they, they all link they all intertwine they're very very similar concepts uh and so linking those two things together is how i try to remember all of these different things so i've done a lot of this in uh, in my undergraduate degree but i link those those jargon those, those jingo words together um <laughs> I, li- I link the jingo words together and then i i explain it in plain language so i only really need to remember one or two things rather than having to remember five 10 15 different words and all the the different meanings of them i just need to understand one simple explanation of the thing uh and this uh, again relates to another note of mine meanings are in people not in words i think we spoke about this last week yeah and it's, it's as long as you understand the meaning for that general general topic that that general thing then you're good yeah, which is kind of why I like, I, um, I actually had a discussion with my <laughs> nine-year-old son um, around, because he asked, what's psychology? And I'm just like, huh, well, that is a, that is a, that is a subject in itself of what psychology actually is. Oh, for people who don't, do we actually record these videos anymore? Are we actually publishing them as videos? I don't even know. Um, well, I have the recording, and if people want them, I can put them on the channel if they want to see us. If you want it to see us, but literally, just for an audio, his reaction to that was like, "Right, let's get the discussion going on that." And like the the what psychology is, and we dived into the etymology of the word psychology, and um, we, I don't have a note because I didn't make one at the time because I was just talking to my son. I know it's offensive. I'm going to be making one. It reminds me to make one, um, but it's like psychology like five is the study, yeah i know study of the self or like the study of the soul but often it's kind of being changed into trying to fix something that's wrong like trying to fix you as a person people study psychology to figure out how to fix problems instead of it being a study of the soul which is kind of like moving between the different layers of psychology from like very practical do these things to the more kind of I say artistic because it almost is. It's like where things are like existential of like playing with ideas like gestalt psychology, like, you know, person-centered therapy. It's all very, it's, it's going beyond like this. It's kind of encompassing the whole, um, which psychology is, if we take the literal like meaning and the etymology of the word psychology, that's what we should be doing. But it's very rarely what we actually do it's like you're broken we need to fix you which puts me on that rant which i seem to be going on every single time we talk now 
So it's it's interesting you bring up psychology. And the reason I say that is because neuroscience has obviously a massive role to play in anything to do with uh, cognitive cognitive abilities. So neuroscience and psychology are different things. Neurobiology, neuropsychology are also different things, but they all relate to how the mind, how the brain works, brain and mind, depending on which research, like uh, philosophy you believe in, they could be different things. It could be the same thing. And this is where the the arguments, <laughs> the academic arguments uh, aren't necessarily useful because at the end of the day, everyone knows the brain, the mind is the mushy thing inside the skull. Uh, with, with exceptions, I know the eyes and the spine technically, but every that that's where everyone thinks uh, but but those those nuances like we were saying earlier those nuances and the small things that you need to not necessarily explore when you're sharing information but at least acknowledge that they exist and this is something i've tried to do when i say something i acknowledge okay yes i, I mean i just did it then yes the brain is in the skull but the eyes and the the spine as well so it's 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 knowing and sharing that you know that there's actually more information beyond what, what it is that you're saying so you sort of put in that caveat and say okay i'm talking about this thing right now this context this environment this area this topic i know all these other things exist but i don't want to acknowledge those right now i want to establish what it is that we're talking about and that is what uh vsource does quite well when he is explaining his videos because yeah he, he goes way out there in ontological man land <laughs> uh, and, and looking at loads of different things i don't know whether you watched his recent video about a chair uh and whether or not like a chair is a thing or not but i love it yeah <laughs> i do like vsource it, it, and, and i think especially in kind of the space that you and i kind of live in this entrepreneurial YouTube content creator because you want to make money, not because you want to explore stuff. Sorry, but it's fact. And there is also to, to, to say there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but that's where we are. It's not for the want of sharing knowledge. Mm. It's for the want of creating content so that it means to an end. So it leads to you earning money and it leads to this XYZ PQRST. Like for me, um, why am I channel? I think never, took off was because i didn't want to do what everyone else was doing i think we've had like countless discussions about this it was like i could make the channel explode and reach really massive numbers really quickly i would just talk about notion every single day and do stupid tutorials which i find so unstimulating and boring and i could shoot them out in the backside in 10 minutes that's not me being cocky it's the truth I can make a tutorial in 10 minutes, release it, put it out there. No one cares. There's the results. And it, it, it's, it's very easy to do because for me, teaching is very natural. It's a thing that I don't really struggle with. You I'm literally just it. summarized my last year on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and it was so, and I could, because uh, we've had countless discussions of how you felt about all of that shit. And you were just like, yeah, but oh, this is just not quite what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Got I mean, that. that's, I was going to say to let people in a little bit. So the, the YouTube channel originally started me sharing coaching, like about coaching pedagogy. Uh, and there were, there were coaches watching it, but the coaches that were watching it were coaches that already knew about it <laughs> um, and, and people that were close to me. And then I did a Notion video. It exploded. It did well. Notion carried on. Uh, but Notion itself is a tool that obviously disappears. And being known for a tool is not the same as being known for what 
you do like a philosophy morals values uh knowledge base or, or something you're just known for knowing this thing uh this tool which is obviously linking to the branding uh don't brand yourself because i saw on twitter someone saying don't uh, what was it S- someone said don't i think uh, it was i think it was notion flows it was um roxana roxana yeah yeah, saying like don't don't name yourself after an app or something. Yeah. So someone tagged you saying you 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 would love to talk about that. Don't don't don't, don't. just don't like how and it's because <laughs> still painful because I'm still recovering from I'm still known as the notion guy. Which is which is fine. It's good. It's good. But the issue is I'm more than just this app which is very frustrating when all people want to talk about is notion it's like it's like what the fuck is that the steam coming out your ears i can see it like yeah. just oh, it's, just it's, it's, see it's, it's so frustrating because it's like i'll just talk about notion it's like oh, sure i can blither on about notion until the cows come home and everybody celebrates and like oh my god i love your stuff <laughs> it's so good it's so easy to understand yes because i'm actually talking about other things that actually make sense and i'm building stuff that's around me and the big problem when i worked and consulted like primarily in notion which i'd done for i don't even know now i think it was a few years of consulting in notion everybody came to me with the exact same problem and the truth of the matter was, it wasn't the fact that they didn't understand Notion, it's just they didn't understand themselves. And they didn't understand how they worked. And they didn't understand how to think about themselves and how to think about how they work, which is quite frankly, far more interesting and far more valuable than learning how to click a button in Notion. But it doesn't get clicks. No, it doesn't. And, and, and my, my, my current video right now, just minutely salty about it, is, is literally that. It's like, there are no clicks, there is no engagement because one, I didn't share it because I was celebrating my birthday. And like, because it wasn't clickbaity, it wasn't like, I'm going to teach you how to do Notion stuff. But when you look at the video, when you consume the content, like the same with thing with you, you're talking about the notes in a much broader sense and a more like, hey, here's some really cool practical tips, but mainly I'm actually talking about the philosophy which you need to pay attention to, which you kind of take in in the background. You don't think about it consciously when my kind of feeling is if we all start thinking about it consciously what will that mean for you as a business owner as a content creator if you start consciously thinking about what you actually want to talk about and actually consciously think about how you work best and what you do best and where you go best and what you think best you are building a business that is so much more sustainable than just doing coaching because you're told to do coaching because coaching is better to earn money quickly for. For me, love it. I could coach and I do coach and love coaching. But for others who, and I have someone in, in the business and ocean mastermind, she came in right at the beginning and went, I don't want to coach. And I was like, cool, you don't have to. Because you don't. You've just got to, if you know how you work best, you're able to really develop. You're able to really move forward and, and note taking and all of your systems, if they are built around you, it doesn't matter what tool you use them in. It just doesn't matter what tool you use. The tools are just the vehicle that you drive. And if you switch cars, you can switch cars. Don't don't ask me to make any more car analogies. I can't go any further with that. I'm very good with cars. They got they got four wheels and an engine. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. 
And that's oh. all I need to know in all I care. Uh, unless it's one of those, uh, what are they, like red robin things with three wheels that fall over. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I've just, I've just watched Top Gear and then like crash the car a load. Oh, Reliant Robin, that's the one. That's it, yes. Yeah. That's that's the one. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And when it when it comes to the the tool, I think sometimes when when we look at tools, uh, I think I think we said this last week. I'm not hundred percent sure, but there are there are features around tools. I know I said this in my video. There are features around tools that help certain parts of the process, certain parts of the system. Like my my note taking video uh, that I did you could use absolutely any word processor for it. There is, there is nothing in Obsidian that makes my note-taking easier. <laughs> it is literally a word processor. I think the only thing you could argue uh, that Obsidian does that other note-taking apps don't do is the template, the content template that inserts the backlink to the date. That's it. Uh, but the only reason that is useful is when I'm processing my notes. Everything else is just... A, 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 either a copy and paste or me typing stuff out it's part of the process that is useful with those features is the processing and the making of the notes so if you don't make those notes there's no point using obsidian and it's the same with all the other tools if the if the tool helps you in one part of the process then use it which is why an all-in-one app doesn't really exist because it's not going to help you on every part of the process i don't think anyway and i agree i think i think it's the all-in-one app only becomes valuable when you're overwhelmed. But if you're overwhelmed, you need to ask a different question. It's, it's a great place to start, though. It, it is. And, and honestly, I don't think I would ever have figured out how I work without the all-in-one app to show me how I don't work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, it tells you, don't work like this. You can't work like this. <laughs> and I think, I, think, I think Notion is a fantastic starting point, especially if you have a team in particular. Like, let's talk about Notion on the Notion Nets podcast for five seconds, shall we? I love, I love how when we first started to come together, I was still in Notion for everything and he was in Obsidian. We've been talking for, what, two weeks? I'm already <laughs> in Obsidian for note-taking. Well, when, when you think about that, though, we started the podcast and I had, I had what was it, like three formulas in my space and you had hardly any. Uh, and then I think it was after a week, you just nabbed my formula which i still think you use to some extent <laughs> my <laughs> yeah so uh, i i have a way of influencing you john <laughs> that's creepy yes yes it is uh yeah so I, i've just i've just headed headed back to the the notion notes something something about notion that i want to I don't, not necessarily labor but just point out is notion is so Simple. I mean, I, I said earlier, Obsidian is coming out with the what you see, what you get editor, but Notion is aesthetic. You you can see stuff which other apps can't do. And again, like we were saying about note taking and note making, if you prefer visualizing things in databases with images and pictures and embeds and all that sort of stuff, then note note taking slash note making in Notion may be better because in Obsidian, even though even when the what you what you see, what you get editor come out comes out, it's still going to look like Obsidian, not Notion. Yeah, have that's very true. And and I think for me, as I'm as I'm exploring Obsidian more and more, tweaking the templates that you provided and like going, okay, what do I actually need? Like I'm just looking at my note, my journal note for today. It's like I have just a checklist of things that I want to go through every single day, like which I could do in Notion, but it's too slow in Notion and I'd have to do an automation and I just can't be bothered, frankly, 
Whereas I can just do to-do lists in here. And all I got to do is make sure I visit these five groups every day. And if I'm starting my day in Obsidian, which I am now, and then I open Ocean, um, then I might as well just do a checklist. But even here, I'm looking at it and I'm in the, the editor view of like, it, it's just a weird open bracket space, closed bracket. And it's like, that doesn't look like a to-do list. So that for me visually is not very appealing, but because of the power of Obsidian and the fact that I don't have to think about anything else. So I have to click a button to switch into ticking a box or I have to like control click to click to a link and go somewhere. That's it's a tiny thing that when the WYSIWYG editor comes in, oh, oh it would be so beautiful, but it isn't going to be Notion. And I think that's a really important thing. Like when it comes to like note taking in general is like some people just will always use paper. And it's interesting when I speak to people, they're like, oh yeah, well, I always just use paper because I can just, I can just understand things. I already have notion, but he's, and there's also like this guilt of using paper. It's like, no, you're good. You're fine. Use paper. I don't care. I don't know. Like, I mean, bring it in. Works. It works. Bring, bringing the the paperless man in himself like tom <laughs> uh, when when tom talks about being paperless he's not saying okay get rid of all paper he still uses paper um he just uses tech where it's appropriate and i think that that last word like where appropriate is probably the most important bit there because when when i look at uh quick captured notes lots of people use post-it notes or they have paper on their desks the reason i don't is because my phone is like within arm's reach everywhere uh, and i have obsidian on my phone so it just goes straight into my journal mm. um yeah. but for some people a piece of paper is quicker it's easier and because they like drawing like that's why people use ipads they, they like writing things out it just makes more sense to do that because yeah it has the the features i, I guess you could, you could class like paper as a feature uh that, yeah. that you want well, i think i actually made it a very long time ago which you and i had a delicious discussion on twitter about of like a system is just like a piece of paper that's a piece of paper that's a system i think we discussed it ages ago like i did a tweet mm. on it don't i'm gonna have to go find that tweet now um <laughs> if you had it in obsidian you just do a quick switch search but I know, but I don't have it in Obsidian and I am not going to go through an entire archive of all my tweets. Fire the match. <laughs> oh, yeah, I no. <laughs> that would be like a whole bay. <laughs> Just like, where is it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, my Readwise import made my graph explode. So <laughs> that was it. You, you imported your Readwise. That's interesting. How, yeah, how many notes you got in there? Uh, so nah. I'd imagine you've read a lot. Oh, Georgia. Yeah, I read an awful lot. And I don't actually know. Can I easily find out how many notes I have? I don't actually know because I don't really think. Yeah, if you go to the file explorer and just hover over the, the, the actual main bit. Oh, hover over the vault. So 205 files, 23 folders. There you go. Yeah, there is a there is a plugin that gives you that number, but I don't bother. Hovering over is fine for me. Yeah, 205 files, 23 folders. And that's literally from, I think, a week. I love how I'm at I'm one, two, Eight days. <laughs> Eight days. Yep. 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 It's, it's funny when uh, going side tangent again, when you go into the Obsidian Discord and you look at the daily, uh, the, the graph uh, channel and you see all the graphs, I look at it and you can tell when someone has just 
either imported loads of stuff or has one node that's just dumped stuff because you look at their graph and it's got like this big node with like loads and loads and loads of things coming off of it and it's none of them are linked to anything else and then you have another node that's linked by like one or two backlinks and it, and the same sort of thing and you're like okay so what you've done is you've made tons and tons of notes and loads and loads of notes in that note that make pages, but you haven't actually done anything with the pages. <laughs> and I look at the graph, I'm like, nah, that's a, that's a false graph. You haven't actually got anything in those. <laughs> um, which And it's... that's where I, I, at the moment, I'm still <coughs> processing a lot of my Readwise notes. But it's kind of like this just-in-time kind of systems and note-taking. It's like, when I need it, it's there. And I'm often mm. finding little links that I didn't realize I still had from Readwise. And that's where I think Obsidian's unlinked mentions and stuff like that. It's just like, ooh. Notion, for fuck's sake, if you had that, you would help yourself. I tried to hack it by having tags, but even that was just... Mm. <sighs> and, and and I'm sorry, the backlinking is just awful. It's just... It's just it, it shouldn't exist. It's great for adding tasks. It went the only time I ever used it, and still use it now, is when I'm in a meeting with with my team or with my clients, and I make a note to create a task. So I just use the plus create a task and then create a new create a new entry in, you know, my task database with a little template that I put it in. But that is still really like that's good. not really backlinking though, is it? That's just a a, a page feature. That's just the add page yeah. feature yeah but even, <laughs> i know i was stretching trying to find a reason why i would ever use backlinks i just they shoved it in because of rome and i've done nothing with it and so to, to come back to the point of the the graph having lots of notes but not really doing anything with it you, you mentioned processing notes i'm curious what processing notes means to you so processing notes for me is ones that I have got lots of different ideas that I've pulled together. So it's like when I'm reading a book or I'm working through a workshop, I have two sections, a top section and a bottom section. On the top section is me needing to translate what the note means into a small summary. When I get to that stage, then it moves to working. I'm working on that note. When I'm processing it, it's just the information dump. It's like that. Here is all the information relating to this idea. Here are all my thoughts relating to this idea. Then I move it into processing. Oh, sorry. When I, then I move it into working when I'm working with it. Like I'm turning it into something else. That sounds the same as mine. Is that something you've developed or is that just sort of like borrowed from, from how I work? It, it's sort of how I did it in Notion anyway, but yeah. now it's way more efficient. Yeah. And that's why <laughs> I knew like that, that. That's also why I knew I could switch. Because you exact what you explained was a simpler way of what I already did. And I'm just like, oh, is that it? Cool. Sweet. That's much easier. Yep. And I, I think I think it was uh, Evie that I was talking to when I said like capture processing and working. I think it was that that uh, live interview that I was talking to her with. And the the notes the, the actual naming of the notes doesn't really matter but because they are they're they're actionable words to things you can sort of actually associate with them when when you hear literature notes okay what is a literature note is that only academic literature or is that a video as well uh, and then when you look at zettel what what sort of a word is a zettel like you you have to actually understand what zettelkasten is you have to know what blah 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 the general population don't give two hoots about a zettel a, a smart note care. thing 
I don't care. I'm in this space and I just don't care. I don't get the... I... Hot take. I think <laughs> Zephyr Kasten is just because you don't know how to make notes in the way that works for you. So you just do what everybody else does because you think that's the right way to make notes because you read how to take notes or whatever the stupid books call that teaches Zephyr Kasten. Smart notes. Smart notes, whatever. Like... At, I find it really hard when everybody just uses the system. If it does work for you and it genuinely works for you and it isn't a chore and you're doing so, I don't understand how anyone can do stuff with Zettelkasten. So this is something that makes me laugh. The Zettelkasten prefix or in Obsidian allows you to put the Zettelkasten like number thing on there. I asked a while ago, probably about a month ago, in the uh, Obsidian Discord, how many people actually use it? And like, no one said yes. Everyone said, I like the idea, but I don't like the numbers. And they do different things. Everyone has their own different ways uh, of, of doing stuff. So it's it's not actual Zettelkasten that they're using. They're just they're just taking the, the idea and molding it. And some people go into Obsidian like, I'm going to use Zettelkasten. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going to use a version of Zettelkasten that you I, have I made. Don't think, I, don't think, I don't think Obsidian's built for Zettelkasten. Notion, I think, is... Because because Notion is far more structured, too structured, in my opinion, from the way I work. Whereas Obsidian... You've changed your tune. <laughs> I have. I have. I, I I know when I'm wrong. I know when... when, when it's not necessarily that I'm wrong. No, I was going to say, you're not wrong. You've just changed. It's just I'm, I'm, I'm working differently now. And I made a kind of a, a tweet storm around this about why. Because I think that's something that's missing. It's like people go, I'm switching apps because I love Obsidian now. And and I could have done that tweet and probably got loads of reshares and haha, yay, welcome to the welcome to the club and blah blah fucking blah blah. But I just don't care. It's like I'm not coming, I'm not switching to Obsidian to be part of an exclusive club. Sorry, but I moved to Obsidian because I I need that now. That's where I am. It's always meeting me where I am now, where I want to be, which kind of goes back to Gestalt and the cycles there. This is my new cycle. My new cycle is me creating notes that are actually going to be used. And it's not a storage container anymore. Notion is a fantastic filing cabinet. It's basically Evernote. God, I'm going to get it. I'm going to have to quote that. Context. I'm going to take like, that completely out of context. I, Notion is basically I Evernote. It. I used it as Evernote. I used my name. You dare take that out of context. You I'm, I'm clipping that. <sighs> oh, it'd be a spicy way of getting people to come into note, come in and listen to the podcast episode. <laughs> Notion is basically Evernote. Oh. For note taking. Yeah. Yeah, I genuinely, I think I would, I would stand by that. Especially, well, how I used it was like Evernote. I didn't process, and, and you called me out on it, like, right back at the beginning of like, do you actually do anything with your notes? So, well, I don't want to. I like it. I just like storing information. That's where I was then. And where I am now is I want to actually do stuff with it. I have too, ma too many interesting things that I want to talk about and I want to process and turn into something else. That I, I I'm I'm no longer interested in just storing the storing the data. If I was, I'd still be in Notion. I'm not now. I want to do stuff. So I'm in Obsidian because it means I actually get, I actually go through, I process, I work through things. And it's incredibly freeform. 
and stupid. It's just stupid. I hate how fast it is. I genuinely hate how fast it is. It's like my brain is now having to think about the shortcuts right now, but I cannot wait till I reach that point. I'm like, <laughs> even now, eight days in, I'm just like, yes, done. This done. Good. Done. Whoa. Yay. Good. 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 I'm slowly getting faster. And the barrier to entry of obsidian is less than the barrier of entry to notion is. And I know that people don't agree. I know. So that's I, a bit of a, that's a bit of a hot take there. But it is the, the reason why the barrier to entry of obsidian is so high is because people want to complicate the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. They, they try to, which, which goes it. back to our like episode last week of like, the more I'm in obsidian, the easier it becomes and the faster it becomes. Mm. Because I, I'm, I'm figuring out my flow and figuring out where when I make contact and I figure out when I withdraw and I can do that. I understand where I'm working. I understand when I'm working in it and when I'm not. And just being able to like, the, I underestimated the power of having the different kind of um, sidebars. I, I went nuts. Of, like, you know, the, the pains. Different, the different, but that's it, pains. Of having the different pains. pains, notes, pages, whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, having the different panes, it's like I was watching a video and I wanted to, and I created an image. So when I'm, when I'm actively working through notes, I end up using different software and then bringing it all together because I like that, that, you know, adding a little bit of contextual interference, turning what I figured out, trying to create something somewhere else, then bringing it in. And so I created an image in Whimsical and then I was able to embed that Whimsical image literally by copying and pasting. Yes, please, thank you very much. And then I had that image in a separate pane so I could make notes on that image as well. And it was just, it was delightful. It was just delightful. Yeah, because I mean, you've obviously seen my time lapses where I've got like three, four, sometimes six or seven panes up and you're, you don't have to leave where your thoughts are. You can sort of go down the rabbit hole and then come back out the rabbit hole where you are, but still see what's going on and still understand where you are in this little little world that you've disappeared off to. And and, I, and I've only ever really used maybe two or three panes at the moment. And then I remember 49 inch screen. <laughs> yes, please, thank you very much. <laughs> 30 panes, rabbit holes. <laughs> But the, the thing is, though, the thing is when because my working notes are so small, there's three maximum sections. I can have four working notes on my screen and see the entire working. I can't see the references, but I don't need to see the references. I can see the entire working notes. So I can essentially have any combination of notes that can make its own like four of my working notes will make a completely unique blog post because all of those working notes are going to be linked in different ways. So I, I can have essentially three brand new blog posts just by bringing up three random working notes and I'd be able to read straight through them all. Uh, and I can link and jump and go backwards between them all. And I'm going to bring this back to something I was thinking about when you said Notion Evernote. Thomas Frank tried to make Evernote in Notion and it didn't really work because Notion's not Evernote. And he's trying to do that. And he's having to make Notion its own system. Whereas Obsidian, you can make it literally any system. Not necessarily with all the filters and stuff that databases have, but you don't need the filters if you've already got the view. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very free flowing. And it's like, uh, so I have 
uh, Notion template. And I'm already considering, huh, cool, this could actually work really well in Obsidian for people whose mind goes in different places. And in fact, like, as I continue to dive into Obsidian, um, one of the things I'm going to do with my course planner is expand how I'm designing. I'm going to design an entire course inside of Obsidian and share that as an example of what you can do of like just collating ideas together because Notion can sort of do that, but Obsidian is far more powerful at doing that, for, especially for me. Like, and I think for once you escape past this, this like app, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Loyalty. I, I was going to say, I'd love to help, but I don't know where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, neither do I. When it comes to like app loyalty, when you escape and you can break past that being loyal to one app because one because you have to, because and I feel maybe it's just I'm moving spaces now and I'm kind of living in this like hybrid of different places. I think people are starting to stop obsessing over Notion being the be all and end all and Obsidian are just they're happy with where they are. From I certainly I see, see the wave, the, the wave of Notion is certainly coming coming down. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's dropping lower than anything else. I mean, Notion is still booming. It's still very big and popular as an application. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Uh, and I don't think it should because it is a great application for certain use cases. But for note taking, yeah. personal note taking specifically, mm. not not so not so happy. Yeah, team team note taking, though. Personal note taking. I, I, I think having that. Um, that context is important of like team note-taking versus personal note-taking i think team note-taking is still better in notion because it's a storage because you only need to store it you don't need to think about it and process it but if i'm trying to process and think of an idea then i will put it in my obsidian before i put it in notion and i have that distinction which is important where if you do use multiple apps have a clear distinction understand why you're using this app for this app why you're using this app for this app like if you understand why you're doing it the pardon me the overwhelm and confusion from using different apps comes from not knowing what each app's purpose is that that's yeah. where that's where the overwhelm and confusion comes from it's not the fact that we're not all in one note in one app it's not it's got nothing to do with that it's to do with the fact that you're not sure what each app can do and for you and how it works best for you. Once you have a clear understanding of the difference, you could be using 30 apps for all you care. It will still be really underwhelming. It's like when I speak to people, oh, I just want to reduce my apps. Why? Now, having duplicate apps to do the same thing, for example, Google Drive and Dropbox or Dropbox and iCloud and just like- But yes. you need those backups. Yes, there's, there's having backups. <laughs> Yeah, all right, fair enough. But still, I, that's if you have a solid understanding of which ones you're backing up and you actually do that. But like multiple drive folders where some things are split in one place and things are split in other places, that, that becomes disruptive. If, I think for, for me, a personal check would be if you don't know exactly what app and where to find something, like the click of your mind, then you've got something wrong. 
I, I know if I'm going to search for any task, I open up Todoist. I go Windows Alt S on my keyboard, and then I go find it. If it's any note, I open up Obsidian, which is always on my, which is always on my computer um, or on my phone. I know exactly where I need to go for certain things. Um, if I want to have a look at my calendar, I go Alt C, and then Morgan pops up, and then I can see what's going on. It's already on my calendar. <laughs> it's popped up right now. Um, so I, I know exactly where to go and find things. If you have to go, oh, is it in this or is it over there? Then there is an issue. Either you don't understand where stuff's being stored, or you have too many apps and things are being spread over different places. Yeah, yeah, it's that decision fatigue. Where, where do I go? Where do I go? What do I do? Where do I use? Like, I've got to decide where to put this. Hmm. It's like, okay, so I've got this idea. Where do I put it? Uh, Google Docs, guess. But, and uh, that was the thing about Notion. Where do I put it? Do I need a database? Do I need to tag this? Yes. What do... <laughs> yeah. How many databases do I have? Do I have an or like one database? Do I have a database for these notes? Do I section these notes off? <laughs> do I create do I do I create different databases for different things? Like, for example, like let's look at my process in Obsidian. Like I have a journal, I have notes, capture, content, people, processing. I have all of those. Okay, sweet. And working. Do if I was to put this back into Notion, what would I do? Would I have a database for capture, database for content, database for people, database for processing, database for working? uh i could but would i would i need that and it, and it is there's just so many more things you'd have to think about whereas here it's in a freaking folder it syncs to everywhere else thank you obsidian sync and i don't have to think about it i just use com command m move it to a folder off i go and, yep. it, and there's no and there is no flipping disruption because it just moves there's no confirmation there's no are you sure you want to move it no it's moved you're done if you want to move it again, do it again. It's just so quick. I don't even have to. It, it, oh, it's just so quick and easy, mm. and it's all stored offline, which is I never thought I would. I would say I I enjoy offline stuff, but I do because it's faster. Because then my brain doesn't have to slow down. I can just enjoy being working really fast. I will say, just word of warning. Um... As as someone that has uh, is is very fairly quick on, on a keyboard uh, navigating through Obsidian now, when you're explaining something to someone, your fingers just do it. Uh, and I think I can't oh yeah, believe the... me, I remember our like fifty minute video where I'm just looking at you and you're just like, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, because I, I think it was the video about sleep. I was, I was, I had in my head, right? I need to make a note about when I do this next thing. And when I watch the time lapse back, I'm like, I did that seven times before I even remembered that I needed to talk about it because my fingers just go, <laughs> and and they just work, and they just, it just it just does it like control M, control O, blah 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 blah. Uh, and and when you when you do that, obviously it's great for when you're working through it. But when you explain stuff to other people, yeah, it's. Your, your brain and your fingers work so quickly that the other person viewing it is so difficult, which is why those those people looking at Obsidian going, no, it's too complicated. No, it's not. It's just the person using it is navigating quicker than you can understand what's going on, which I had the same problem. When I first looked at Rome, those of you that have seen my uh, my Rome review, I did, I, smiley face graph, uh, the graph in Rome still isn't very good. but <laughs> um, No, it's not. Uh, but, but those videos about Rome just... I was just so confused. What's this metadata thing? Why do why do I need this? Why do I need a tag? Why do I need CSS? They they just dumped everything at you at once. You're like, what? 
I mean, to be fair, they did that with Obsidian too. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think that's the problem. That's why these apps are not like Notion. Mm. They're not universally like used. I think something else that's interesting when it comes to using Obsidian, I've seen this a couple of times on my videos now. People are asking what app I'm using because it doesn't look like other Obsidian. Like when when I look at Brian Jenks, uh, another Obsidian creator, he's using his own CSS and it looks nothing like mine. When you look at Nick Milo, again, he has his own CSS and looks nothing like mine. Uh, so people, people are like, is this Obsidian? Because they're not sure, because it looks so different from other videos that they've seen Obsidian in. Whereas Notion, you can identify Notion, irrespective of whose screen you're looking at. You know it's Notion. It's the Notion aesthetic. Obsidian, you wouldn't know. It could be Obsidian. It could be Rome. It could be Athens. It could be, uh, what's the other one? It begins with a D. I can't remember. Uh, but there's another one beginning with a D. Um, that They look similar. They have similar functions. Uh, but fundamentally, they are different. But they can look very, very similar which makes it even more confusing. Yay. <laughs> and that's another reason why I just stole yours and then changed the colours. What, what, what colours have you got in there now? Most of them are the same. I have a green and my background is my background from my website because it was fun and it's branded in my colours and I like my colours. It's literally all it is. It's, it's, almost, it's almost exactly the same. I might change your font sizes. They're a little bit too big for my, my liking. But apart from that, it's like, yeah. Did you change the font size in the Obsidian setting? Oh, cool. You can. Good. See? Yeah. <laughs> you just go into settings and make it bigger or smaller. Because um, I, I don't, in the CSS, I haven't done anything about the font size. I just changed the font type. I just changed it to something else. Ah, uh, makes sense. Yeah, oh, so yeah. You, you might actually have the setting higher than I have on mine, <laughs> which is why it looks bigger. Uh, uh. See, there you go, learning something new every day. Yeah, my sister's basically done the same thing. She she looked at my CSS and she was like, I like it, can I just have it? So she took my CSS, changed it from orange to yellow uh, and from blue to green, because they're her two colors, uh, and then changed like one, maybe two things in the actual CSS. And she was like, yep, that's good, that'll do. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think that's, People will often go, oh, well, that's just blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. Like, in Notion, you can't do that. <laughs> Not really. No. Like, you've got to work exactly how they do. But here, it's like the snippets that are there. It's like, here, have a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and it's really easy. Like, I got set up in Obsidian stupidly alarmingly fast. It took one evening for me to set up everything, and then... As I started using PDFs, I was it, it was so quick. Was that on your started. own though, or was that with the assistance of videos? No, I didn't watch any videos uh, apart from our video that I recorded oh. of our discussion. That's literally all I I watched because I didn't need anything else. Which unlike like in Notion, uh, to I think context is necessary here. I know that you and I work in very similar ways as well. Like our brains work in similar ways. So that was helpful too. Because I could see where you were going. I'm like, yeah, no, that's how I work. Yeah, cool. Okay, no, I don't like that. I'm going to change that. I will use Readwise because I read more books. So I'll have that in and make sure I can move. So how do I make sure that my Readwise goes into my processing working when I need them to? Okay, cool. I'll figure that out. And then I was able to to kind of start with like 
what you do as a basis and then work off it because we work very similarly in notion that doesn't that just because of how notion is designed it just doesn't work because everybody works very and, and notion is very very different some people split the databases up into tiny tiny things others have massive databases for everything and and you can't just copy and paste it doesn't work. Whereas with Obsidian, because it's so freeform and no limited, I no structure is how I immediately react to it. But it is there is a structure. It's just your structure, very loose. Um, I think what it, what I would say, what I would add to that is, I think Obsidian, even though it has loads of features, the fundamental features in Obsidian are extremely limited. It is a, it is a word processor. Uh, like in, in Notion, we worked very similar. We have a similar fundamental system. We had similar database cores, but how we viewed those, what we did with those, how we filtered them, sorted them, what properties we showed, all of those added baseline features were the things that you're saying, okay, this is more complex. Whereas Obsidian, it's a, uh, okay, this is my folder structure, done. Yeah. There's, there's nothing else to do. And, it, and it's very natural. It... Notion is flexible. Obsidian is more flexible because the moment I want to start doing things slightly differently, like editing a template was a dream. It's like, okay, I really heavily use aliases. So I'm going to put that into my templates. So I will always have an alias when I pull things in. I edited, I edited like the, yeah. You didn't have to go find the database, then click on the drop down, drop down, and then go in and then edit the template. <laughs> don't, don't, it hurts, it hurts. Yeah, I didn't have to do any of that. It was like, open the folder. Oh, I, I didn't even have to open the folder. I just literally search, find the template, edit the template, and then I'm done. <laughs> what are you doing in File Explorer? Come on. <laughs> but, and this is nuts. I'm seven days, like, well, seven and a half days into using Obsidian. And I've already been able to process notes far faster than I ever was able to do in Notion. Like Notion has a learning curve. And I think Obsidian would have a learning curve if it weren't for the fact that you can start really simply and then build from there. Yeah, but, the, the, the bottom up aspect. Yeah. Bottom. <laughs> Who, who's the adult? It was your birthday yesterday. And who's the adult? <laughs> I have two children, so it's fine. That's my excuse. I have two children so I can act like a child. Is, is that yes. the logic? Yeah, precisely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's meant to work like that. <laughs> no, but shut up. Basically. <laughs> okay, okay. I, we, I, well, had, we had gone on a massive tangent. Um, What were those notes that we had in uh, Notion? Yeah, I don't look um, at Notion. I came off Notion and looked at my Obsidian after like minute two. <laughs> so like minute two, I was like, it's easier to navigate what I'm going through. Like, so just for context, while while we're while I'm on this point, when I'm thinking of things and remembering the things that I want to talk about in Obsidian, you may have heard me on the keyboard a little bit, but I'm bringing up other notes. They're in my Obsidian very quickly, like while I'm talking, just as reference points. So sometimes when like John was saying something, I'd have a quick look at the note that I brought up. So, oh yeah, that's a good point. And then I'd carry on because they're working notes. They're, they're condensed thought ideas and I was just grabbing them. And a lot of the time when I said, I've got a note on that, I literally just went control O, typed in four or five letters, typed, like brought the note up spoke about it and then i confirmed what i said with the note to make sure that i didn't talk out of my bottom 
<laughs> yeah, and and this is something that I've been doing because, of course, I'm diving into really more detailed topics, and Notion was just a pain in the ass because looking for a file control command, you know, command F. I don't even remember the shortcut anymore. P. Command control P. P. Yeah. It's control so, P Windows, so command P. Yeah. So command P. Search for the no. Okay, Notion. I, I, I'm mid-conversation here. And I want to just reference something. Can, can, no, that's not the file I'm looking for. for, for and like, it was so hard <laughs> to just hold a conversation when I wanted to bring up an idea that I was working on. Sit there. Filler time, filler time, filler time. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now it's like, this is what I was looking at. You know, favorites is so much more powerful in in Obsidian. Oh, you, the star notes. Oh, yeah, star notes. I love star notes. They're fun. Mm. Yeah. And it's really quick to take them on and off, which I really enjoy. It's like, Have you got a shortcut for that? Yeah, of course I have. I was going to say, yeah. I am enjoying the shortcuts and the path. And I think what's really cool about it is that the shortcuts are completely customizable. Like, yeah. you want a shortcut for any, uh, isn't it anything in, yeah. in any Obsidian? action? Any action in Obsidian can have a shortcut. Notion! Um, <laughs> yeah, any, any action. I mean, so you can open up a pane, close a pane, close all the panes, close some of the panes, toggle things up, down, in, out, shake it all about. Like, you do what you want. <laughs> it, it, it's delightful. It is just delightful. And as soon as a plugin is added, I'm going to add this in a community plugin or core plugin when they're added automatically adds hotkey options to the command palette. So you just go and search for it. So if you added uh, periodic notes is one that I add for my daily notes instead, I add periodic notes and then it comes up in the command palette, periodic notes, add new note, add daily note, add weekly note, etc. You don't have to add them manually or anything. They just appear and then you just set them. It's so nice. It's so just. It, it, it is. It is delightful, and I cannot. I cannot get over how delightful it is. And I'm seven days in, ish, eight days if you include today. Will Will you go back to to Notion for note taking at any point? No. Okay. I was going to say, are you going to like go? Because I I know some people go back to like Evernote to find notes and things. Are you still going back to Notion on finding notes or? Most of my notes um, were from Readwise, so I sort of already have them. Oh, okay. Fair um, enough. Because it was mainly storage. Um, I may pop back in for a couple of things, I think, a few things I might bring out, but when I need them, when I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember making that in Notion. Let's move it to Obsidian. It's, it is literally like, when I touch it, I will move it. Because then it just makes it more nimble for me and it means I don't have to context switch all the time. If I want to context switch, I'll switch in my way, not any other way. That's fair enough. So as a, as a, as a rounding up question, as a very last point, when it comes to linking projects, tasks, things to notes, do you, how do you, what do you do? I've kind of stopped doing that. If it's something for a client, I will put it in notion but at the moment it, it's not relevant because i'm just talking to them like i'm because i'm shifting into coaching more it, it's less about 
if I want to tell them about something, I don't need to link it to them anymore because I can just press a button, Commando, thank you very much for that shortcut, um, which is a really obvious shortcut. And I don't know why I didn't think about that. But like, Commando, open the, like, search. I know immediately what I'm finding because it's so quick to find what I need. I don't need to link it to them. If I want to send it to them, then yeah, I will go find it again and then copy the information and put it in the thing. But that's it in an email. I don't feel that I need to link notes to clients anymore. Not in the same way. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that was something that I get asked a lot about when it comes to like the whole PPV para blah, 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 note taking stuff is you need to link your goals, your tasks, your projects, your, your, your life all together. And I don't see, so my notes are linked, but I don't see a reason to link notes to other things. The only time I would link a note to something is my research rabbit. Research rabbit doesn't currently have that feature waiting for it, uh, but linking the note to the research article. So I can just go from research rabbit to the article rather than having to push like three buttons in obsidian. I can just push one. Oh, button you in research poor rabbit. thing. Three I buttons. Know. I know it's just so long. Um, but yeah, that, that's the only sort of linking of notes I have with tasks, projects or, and things like that. Because when when I'm doing my task project management is in Todoist. Uh, and once once I'm doing that thing, I just go into Obsidian because it's a starred note. I, I don't need to link it because I just, oh, I'm doing that now from Morgan. Okay, open up Obsidian, click star note, I'm there. And if it's not in starred notes, then I just quick switch find it. So I don't need to link it because navigation is so quick. And I was just wondering if it's the same for you. Yeah, I, and, and I'm still learning the little bits and pieces that I need to, to make it even faster. But yeah, it is, it is insanely so much easier to work with. Anything I need is within a couple of taps. Whereas with Notion, it was like, I linked stuff to make it easier to find stuff. I was, I was putting a bandage over a bandaid over a, of a, over a problem that could be solved with another app. Yeah. That that's what I realized quite early on with Obsidian, uh, with the relations is the relations. I was using relations not because I wanted to relate things, but because I wanted to navigate to things quicker. That's what I was using relations for. But because and, Quick and, Switcher has solved it. And also another thing I noted like in my head of like, huh, that makes sense. Because of the panes, because you can have like four or five panes open at one and go. And if you have a bigger screen, you can have even more. And then you can create a note about all those four or five panes to create a piece of content out of those four or five panes. It's really like synthesis is so much freaking faster and easier because you can just dive as deep as you want and pull things. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to keep going back and forth on a relation and a database and, and tabs for fuck's sake. <laughs> Just implement tabs. You're using an Electron app. Please implement tabs on the app. Anyway. Right. I th this is a Notion Nerds podcast, and we've spoken about Obsidian. <laughs> but we have spoken about Notion, like, all the way through, but not necessarily in like the most positive of lights. But the thing is, is that it's not good for us. And please... Mm. For goodness sake, we're going to keep hammering this point home. Disagree. Come and tell us. You can. There is a link to literally message us. Um, if you use Notion, 
tell us like i we i would love to open up a dialogue because now what was originally going to be a notion v obsidian when we first made the take or note taking thing we were like us oh, we're really fascinating because you're in notion and i'm an obsidian now i'm an obsidian and you're an obsidian and we're just basically agreeing yeah i was i was kind of hoping for a bit more of a discussion maybe even a potential argument like going back with them forwards but no you've basically gone okay i concede <laughs> yeah that big and, and and also like through the context of why i conceded and understanding mm-hmm. and i think that's really important it it doesn't matter what app you use it doesn't matter how you use it what matters is you understand why yeah and it doesn't matter. It genuinely, although we're both talking Obsidian and it's very one-sided against Obsidian, there are people who swear by Notion still. They would never switch to Obsidian because it's just... Um, I know, for example, actually, Esme is a good example, though I will channel Esme here of, like, why she would never use Obsidian. There is absolutely no structure. The structure's too free. So what would probably happen, I'm guessing here, Esme, leave a voice message to tell me why I'm wrong, please. Um, uh, is that because there is not enough structure, her no- she wouldn't know where to put her notes, whereas she uh, or would lose track of them because she doesn't know where they are. So I would assume that's why she uses Notion for note taking because that's helpful for her is to have that that track of focus, those those focus tracks of figuring out where to. And go. of course, she needs like a hundred properties on every note. So you, you are so. <laughs> So come on, Esme. Uh, I'm gonna like message you immediately after this and tell you to leave a voice message so that you can actually leave a voice message and and kick his ass again um, because it's funny. But yeah, I, I like, just I just had to I just had to do it. <laughs> but it's what works, isn't it? It genuinely yeah. is yeah. what works for her. We we tease and play because that's what we do because it's fun. We're British. Like, we're British. That's how we work. Um, and so let us know if you use Notion or you use Evernote. Sorry. Can, can you say that with a straight face? Nope. Okay. Use Notion or use Evernote. As soon as you started thinking Evernote's my next word, you started laughing. Yeah. Oh, Let's dear. know why you use them. Like I'm I'm really yeah. intrigued because note taking is very personal. Like yeah. what is your process? Why do you have the process you have? Is it because the app is dictating that you have to use it to get over the weird things like relations relating things everywhere or para because there's no full like because of evernote's tagging stuff whatever i have been away from evernote for a long time (laughs) evernote functions basically the same as rome in obsidian just with poor backlinks but better um image recognition stuff OCR, that's the one. Yes. Oh, that would be nice. I wonder if they if they got a community plugin for OCR. I know a couple of people have worked on it. I don't know. I haven't really explored it that much. <laughs> I'm just intrigued now. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's pretty much rounds up today's episode. I managed to not do an impression or not sound ridiculous. And you started the episode, but you're not going to let that happen, are you? You're probably going to cut it so I still speak first. I to be honest, I can't even remember what happened at the beginning of the episode. So uh yeah maybe just make some noise now and then i will cut it (laughs) put it at the start no i tried (laughs) (laughs) bye everyone bye-bye